You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bailey Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Ace Waby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. How are you doing, Rich? Doing pretty good. Very, very busy schedule. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later, but we're doing pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I've been doing good. I've been very, very busy doing a, a lot of crazy stuff for us here on the coalition so you guys got a lot of cool things to look forward to over the next few weeks but uh, i'm ready to talk some games let's do this absolutely we're also joined by miss dana abercrombie how's it going dana hello guys it's doing wonderful sounds good and we're also joined by the returning mr max muller how's it going max hey man it's going good happy to be back as always yes happy to have you back So uh, we did get a couple of news topics this week that were pretty interesting. But uh, obviously, before we dive into that, we're going to talk about what we have been playing. So, Max, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? All right. So last week was uh, mostly a backlog week because I was away from Wi-Fi for a week. Um, So I played through Mirror's Edge Catalyst because I had like half of a save file on that. And I figured I might as well finish it off and... That game is just the definition of meh. Like, I love the first one. I love the parkour and everything like that. But what they tried to do with the second one, going open world and all that, they just didn't flesh it out. It felt like a lot of half-assed, half-baked ideas. And much like the first one, the story just kind of ends and goes nowhere. But we all know this. Um, However, what I was really interested in and still interested in was uh, that I got to play The Evil Within. I played through all of it in, like, three days. I think I got... 12 hours or 13 hours on my first playthrough which after reading up on is pretty quick which surprises me because I played on the normal difficulty and I thought that I was doing a bad time with it I thought that I was getting my ass kicked over and over again but I guess not but anyways I really enjoy the game I know it was kind of divisive because some people thought it would be more of a horror game than it really was because to be honest there are a few tense moments especially towards the end and towards the very beginning but this game really isn't much of a horror game it's more of like a thriller action game in a way but regardless, aside from the story getting really convoluted at the end, I really, really enjoyed the game. I think the combat is some of the best combat in any game I've played in a long time. It can be a bit buggy at times. Like, I found myself dying at things that I shouldn't have died at occasionally. But other than that, it's pretty tight. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I had something big I wanted to say about Oh, one thing that bothered me was... Um, playing through the game we already know the sequel's coming and i was looking for signs the whole time about like how this game could lead into a sequel because i know the second one's supposed to be like about the character's daughter and everything and i don't want to get into spoilers with the first game but nothing really gets mentioned about this it's kind of a small side story you kind of get through collectibles and stuff and then the game sort of hints at it at the very end even though it wasn't relevant to the rest of the main story at all and then they just kind of throw it at you and then the game ends and it kind of 
leaves the game open to a sequel, but also not. It's really, really convoluted and weird, and it's hard to explain without doing spoilers, because I don't want to spoil it, because the game is really worth playing. But it seems to me that at the end, they just kind of threw something together, and then since the game sold well, they came up with a sequel, and now they're trying to, like, remedy that. Um, I could be wrong. We'll obviously have to see how the second game is when it comes out, but... Overall, I really enjoyed it, and I'm happy that I played it, and I'm kind of addicted to it. I'm playing through it again on a new game plus and on the hardest difficulty, with which is you can only get hit once, and then you die, so that's been a bitch so far. But I've made it further than I thought I would, so that's cool. But yeah, that's been my week for the most part. That sounds awesome. Uh, I look forward to hearing next week if you were actually able to complete the game in that particular difficulty setting. Dude, it's not going to happen in a week, I'll tell you right now. I'm five hours in, and I'm only, like, chapter four, I think, which is, like, nothing. Whereas in the first playthrough, five hours in, I was, like, halfway done with the game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Uh, So, uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Yeah, sure. I've been playing a bunch of different stuff, both for review and on my spare time. So for review stuff, we have a review now of Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 on the site that you guys could check out. Uh, TLDR version of it, not as good as the first Mega Man Legacy Collection. I think that there are certain features like the Save Anywhere feature, where you were able to literally save just about anywhere in the game, even if it's like right before a boss fight, like in the middle of the fight. You can't do that anymore in Mega Man Legacy Collection 2. You also have fewer games than the previous collection. The the first Legacy Collection was the six NES games of Mega Man, the original six NES games. In this one, you only have four, which is Mega Man 7, 8, 9, and 10. Even though 9 and 10 has all the DLC from their previous versions on the PS3 uh, beforehand. But this thing, this time, there isn't a lot of other extras. You have some, like you know, additional, like, concept art, you know, promotional art, and, you know, stuff leading, you know, through the development of the uh, all three, all four of those games, but I would have wanted to see some more. I would have wanted to see some extra stuff just to give a little bit more oomph to this collection if they were going to take certain things away. Don't get me wrong, it's still Mega Man uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10, and it's still difficult. It has that charm for a lot of old-school Mega Man fans, but I feel like some more stuff should have been a little bit uh, better. And done a little bit more to make this package uh, just feel more special overall. We have other classic retro collections like the Disney Afternoon Collection and a few others that do a lot and implement a lot of different things to those core games on top of what's already there and on top of the nostalgia that people are going to pick this up for. So that was just my opinion in the review. Definitely check it out. I encourage you guys to read through the review. I go into a little bit more detail about it. Besides that, though, on my spare time, I've been playing a variety of different games. I've been going back to a lot of Street Fighter V. I've been wrecking fools on PSN, uh, doing my work over there. I've been doing the same thing with Tekken 7, both between the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, which, for the record, let's just address this right now. Xbox One players in Tekken 7, y'all got to step your game up. Seriously. There's a lack of you over there. Y'all looking pretty damn pathetic in ranked matches. All I'm saying is grab a cup of coffee, get some adrenaline in your system, and go to town on that actual platform because y'all are being looked like to make fools. All I'm saying. Besides that, though, played a little bit of some other games here and there, including, obviously, Mega Man Legacy Collection 2. I also played a little bit more of Horizon Zero Dawn. Just, again, going back to that game occasionally, you know, just to play through it, just, you know, enjoying it for what it is. And every once in a while, going to my 3DS, I've actually been playing a little bit more Smash Brothers on my spare time as I've been moving around. Uh, A little bit of Star Fox 3D. 
or Star Fox 64 3D and just messing with games like that. There's been a bunch of other stuff I've been up to, but I'll talk about that at, a little bit later. I mean, we got a bunch of other content that you guys are not going to want to miss on the website now, including some new unboxing videos, new videos that we've been posting up as of late that you guys will definitely enjoy. But that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been up to. Sounds good. Yeah, man. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, all sounds great. Um, so, uh, Dana, how about you let us know what you've been playing? <laughs> yeah, basically it's been review week for me. I've been playing the, um, Sonic Mania, which is, I can't go into great detail because of the embargo, but I can say it is everything that you loved about your childhood before your life went to complete crap. I love it so much. So many great memories and they created new levels that really expand upon the classics. So I can say that. I've also been playing um, the Lego World Space Pack. That one has been fun as well. Uh, you get to create different worlds. You're up in space and, you know, the suits. And it's, it's really good. Everything has been basically lighthearted and very fun. Nothing intense. So if you were, like, looking for games that's good for, like, a more casual downtime, and something you want to get away with, those two I highly recommend. There will be reviews coming out for the games. Um, embargo breaks on Monday. And Legos will also, I'll have that by Tuesday. So look forward to those two. Sounds awesome. Yes. I know everybody's looking forward to Sonic Mania, so that should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gary, what have you been playing? The same two games, as always. Um, of course, Overwatch is uh, number one. And um, I've been playing some Lucio Ball, which is, you know, the the, the new mode that they've added for the, the summer games. So it's like a, you know, it's a temporary game that they've added. Um, they had it last year, but this year they've kind of improved on it. And now you can even play it competitively. But I have to say that I'm not a huge fan of that mode. Um, it's basically like their version of Rocket League. But I would actually rather just play Rocket League um, at that point than play Lucio Ball. Um, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of Lucio Ball. But you know, I'm still playing the game, like the actual Overwatch, you know, um, the, the normal matches and stuff. Still playing those heavy, still playing competitive mode, and I'm trying to unlock all the skins. Um, I did notice that they made a change to the loot box system, and now you don't get duplicate um, items anymore. So uh, what used to happen when you got duplicate items is it would, it would give you in-game currency, so like you you'll get a duplicate item that you already have but it would it would pay you for it basically like you would get in-game currency but now that they've got rid of duplicates uh, i'm getting a lot less in-game currency which means i can't buy the the exact skins that i want anymore um so i kind of have to just wait to unlock them which is kind of annoying and it means i have to play a lot more to get all of the skins that i want but um I've got the main one I wanted, which is Mercy's one, so it's all good. I don't mind. Um, the other game I've been playing is Persona 5, of course, and um, I'm just over 80 hours now into that game, and I'm still super invested, and it's getting even more deep, like the story's getting even more interesting um, as it, you know, gets towards, like, the final core of the game or whatever. So, yeah really loving that game right now loving all the characters and everything and um 
it got a bit tedious today when I was playing it because um, I was doing one of the dungeons and I lost like an hour's worth of progress because I died and I had to go back to like an uh, old save basically. Um, but yeah, game can be tough sometimes, but it's still super fun. Um, I'm loving it. It's still my game of the year so far. So yeah, but that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Um, that's going to change. Well, uh, well, we, we got an announcement regarding next week, but yeah, um, it's going to change this week because, you know, we're going to be getting some stuff. So yeah, but that's all I've been playing for now. Sounds pretty good. Uh, I'll be very curious to see if you stop playing Overwatch after the next couple of weeks, but I know you too well, Gary, and that will never change. So we'll see what happens. You are watching a master. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm really gonna struggle when when whenever I get Destiny two, that's gonna be the real struggle for me. Well, you know. Hey, well, it maybe Activision will put some Overwatch stuff in there and they'll get you, but uh, we'll we'll see. I'm pretty sure you'll still be playing Overwatch. Um, we'll see. So, uh, as Dana mentioned earlier, it, it is re- review week for a few of us. Um, I've been very very busy for the last well, pretty much all weekend long. Uh, I've been playing four games. Two of these games I can't even talk about, but I, I can tell you that you'll find out more about these games later this week because the review embargoes will be up by then. That's all I'm going to say for now. As for the two games I can talk about, uh, I did get a chance to play Batman, The Enemy Within, Episode 1. And um, I just want to say right now, if you're a Batman fan, uh, you may make a decision to wait until the whole season. It's fine if you wait until the whole season is finished, but I definitely think you need to play episode one as soon as possible. Um, If you enjoyed the first season of Batman Telltale series, you'll definitely enjoy the second one. It actually takes place a year after the first game, and pretty much you know, as you've seen in the trailers, the main villain for this particular game is the Riddler. Um, with well, this particular episode, you know, there is some other stuff that happens that I'm not going to get into because I don't want to spoil any plot or story details. But I will say that I have to give Telltale props for what they have done with the storytelling and how they have transformed a lot of the relationships uh, from past season to this season. Um, there is a, some major stuff that happens in episode one that w- impacts everything moving forward. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. Like I said, no story or plot details. But uh, I will say that, um, you know, as Telltale Games normally have a couple of little performance issues here and there, I did encounter a few of those issues. Uh, Not so much to hurt the overall experience, obviously. But, um, man, it's just that the storytelling, the characters introduced. What I can say, you know, you saw the trailer. You know that, um, you know Riddler is in it. You do know that... uh, there's a couple people that make an appearance. And of course, John Doe, who will eventually become the Joker, is in it as well. But uh, there's just so much to say about this game. I am going to have a review for this game at some point this week. But, uh, it, you know, I don't really know when because right now I'm focused on the other games that I need to have reviews done for later in the week. But I'll keep you guys uh, in tune to that as to when that's actually going to drop. As for the other game that I have been playing... Uh, yes, I have been playing Ages of Mayhem. Uh, I know that uh, Tony actually streamed that game uh, a couple of days ago uh, last week. Um, and 
the game is, is a lot of fun. You know, if you've seen his uh, video, I definitely, you know, you, you, you've seen that. If you haven't seen the video yet, I would encourage you to check it out. The game is a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, I've been playing through the game. I think I'm about maybe 15 to 20 hours in now. And I have to say, the game is a lot of fun, but man, really, really repetitive. And, you know, I know that Gary wrote a preview for this game when he played it at E3 last year. Uh, I believe one thing that Gary mentioned in his preview was about the hacking. Man, 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 I'm tired of hacking shit. I have to say that. So much of that in this game, it's just ridiculous. But it's still a fun game, you know, depending on the type of stuff that you like. If you I mean, if you're a fan of Saints Row, you'll enjoy the game for what it is. I mean, this is not really like Saints Row in that, in those regards. It's, it's just a totally different experience. Um, you do have the option of switching between three different characters because you play at, in, in, in teams of three. Uh, and you can mix and match certain agents once you start to unlock them. I started out with just the three that I had. And um, eventually, over time, I leveled up and I got other characters. But... Um, that's all I could, that's all I can really say for the game right now. It, it, it is good. You know, if you seen the presentation, you know, it's a Saturday morning cartoon type of feel. I'm a huge fan of, you know, cartoons in general. And you know, I remember when I grew up, all I watched was Saturday morning cartoons. So that is one aspect about the game that I really do enjoy more than ever everything else. But no doubt about it, as you start to play to play through the game, it is very repetitive. Um, and you know, you can still play through the game and get a lot out of it, even though it is repetitive, but you have to be the judge of whether or not you actually want to spend your time um, going through all this stuff. But from what I can say so far, it is enjoyable, even if it is re repetitive, which is a good thing. So definitely look forward to my review. The embargo list for that, I believe, midnight Tuesday. Well, uh, yeah, Tuesday morning. Yeah. So look for that sometime on Tuesday. And um, once again, as I mentioned earlier, the other two games that I am playing, all I could say is these games are pretty big releases this month, uh, but I cannot talk about that. I will talk about it, though. So stay tuned to the site later this week for more details on both games. And um, well, hold on, Gary, you had a question about Aegis of Mayhem. What's your question? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna ask because um, I remember that game being funny, like with the characters and stuff. Like they had a lot of funny one-liners and stuff. But do they manage to maintain that humor like all throughout the the twenty hours you've played and stuff, or does it get stale? So this is a good question. For the most part, what I've seen is yeah, the the humor is maintained. I think what the issue is that you know, Deep Silver started putting out videos. Like, uh, you know, for the different campaigns of the game over the last couple of weeks, you know, you've seen a video where they had this one real controversial thing where people thought it was like a porno because they had one of the characters. Well, I actually got to that point already. And that is actually part of a, another storyline about the actor who, you know, the act, one of the agents is, is a, used to be a Hollywood actor. Um, some of that stuff is a little, a little, a little ridiculous. I mean, it, I mean, the humor is still funny. Because different characters have different personalities, and as you start to see the personalities, you're like, okay, I like this character, so on and so forth. You know, kind of like Overwatch, where there's certain characters that you like. Um, but I would say so far, it, it's still funny, it's still enjoyable. Uh, the, to be honest, if you are somebody who you like to play games and collect a lot of stuff, then this is the game for you. 
that that is essentially what you're doing. And the way that you jump around the city and do traversal, that reminded me a lot of Sunset Overdrive for some reason. Um, so, I mean, it is a fun game. What I'm just saying is that you may not like the fact that it is repetitive in, in terms of some of the missions, but for the most part, it's it's a pretty good game. So, I, I'll definitely have more to say on the game uh, on Tuesday for those that are interested. Look, look, looking forward to it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of content coming this week. Uh, normally we say that, and you know it's a little bit of delays, but this time no, there's a lot of stuff coming this week. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I will talk about those other two games next week because I'm sure a lot of people will have a lot of questions about those other two games once they find out what they actually are. But uh, that pretty much covers what we've been playing for this week. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into the topics. Uh, so the first topic, uh, this is, came from Gary as a huge fan of No Man's Sky. Um, we discovered that uh, No Man's Sky is getting a huge update that actually allows co-op play and a new 30-hour campaign. Now, the only problem is that we're getting this update a, almost more than a year after the game initially released. So I guess Gary wanted to pose the question of whether or not we are looking forward to this, whether or not we're excited for this, and or or do you think that it is, it's too little too late? So, so Gary, how about you start off with your response since you came up with this topic? Yeah, like, I, I, I think it's really unfortunate that, like, this is just coming to the game now, like, all this stuff. Cause, I mean, if all of this stuff, including the, the other content that they've added, you know, along the way as well, if all of this was in the game day one, like, the game could have been a success. Like, people might have been, you know, genuinely praising the game if it just had you know all the content along with all the stuff that sean murray was was talking about in the interviews but you know now it's like taking them a whole year to get there and they've already had the bad publicity so you know it's just a shame because now no one cares like i'm sure there's going to be you know um there's going to be some hardcore dedicated people who who are going to go back and experience that content you know and that's great you know that the people who who want to you know experience that stuff can go back and experience it now but the you know this really should have just been there day one and i don't know what went wrong i don't know if they didn't have enough time or something or if there was a miscommunication or if sean murray was just promising stuff that you know they had no intention of doing at that time um i, I don't know what the problem was but it's just a shame because you know if they would have just said look we're delaying the game you know they could have actually worked on getting all of this stuff in there on launch day and things would have been fine probably you know so i, I think it's a huge shame that all of this stuff is coming out now but especially like the co-op stuff because we all know that it was a big deal when you know they they announced oh you could meet up with other people in the game and stuff like that and then you got the game and you really couldn't do that at all so yeah it, it's it's, a, it's really a shame how things worked out with this game, but I wanted to hear your thoughts. Um, I heard Dana might be interested in playing it. I Here's the thing. I'm on the fence. To me, I feel that it's a little too late, and I feel that, you know, many people have been, you know, deceived already by this game, that not many are going to go back and try to replay it, especially with this um, update. <clears throat> However, I am going to say that I'm curious 
So my curiosity may end up getting the better of me and I might, you know, check it out and see what's going on. I think it's unfortunate. And this is why I don't really complain a lot when a game gets delayed because it allows them to fully work out the game and to fully figure things out with updates and everything else. So to me, I would have also preferred that they just announced that they delayed the game originally and had everything that they needed to put into the game. And I think that they talked too much by saying everything that the game was going to have instead of what was actually there. So I, I'll check it out. I mean, I'm still like, I'm not expecting much from it, but if I'm surprised and it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's 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 some positive thoughts on it, uh, Mr. Lugo. What are your thoughts on this particular situation? Uh, would would you still try out No Man's Sky, or are you you finished? You know, I, I, honest to God, I'm one of those people that was kind of burnt by them, and, and a lot of it I, in my feelings on the matter is that I feel like it's already way too late for No Man's Sky. This is gonna, and and the thing is, they're doing this now at probably one of the worst times in the year for them specifically. Because right now we're kind of like in a really like a like a golden time right now for gaming because there's a lot of big like highly anticipated phenomenal AAA games that are coming out or have been coming out throughout the entirety of this year and we got more on the way very soon so I don't think a lot of people are really going to want to go back to play No Man's Sky even though there's all this extra content on a 30 hour campaign that sounds good I think it would have sounded good back then or if they would have released this a lot sooner earlier in the year before we really kind of got into the momentum of what 2017 has become but right now myself and I know a bunch of other people that don't want to go back to No Man's Sky I feel like maybe next year or sometime later on after all these crazy big releases come out and we you know we finally play them and we see what happens that this will be a game that people may go back to or at least a majority of people may go back to when there's another gaming drought because right now we don't have a gaming drought right now we have a lot of stuff that's coming out like one after the other every single month practically and it's one of those kind of like freak accident type of deals where it it doesn't happen so often however like I said, with No Man's Sky, I think it's a little bit too late for a lot of their stuff that they're doing. I think that maybe instead of just coming out in a blog and just talking about this stuff, Sean Murray should have just come out and actually had a conversation with somebody. I feel like that would have been a little bit better. It might have enticed people to probably jump on this a little bit more because you're still going to have that hardcore No Man's Sky crowd that's been ride or die with it for since the beginning. Even with all the craziness and the and the feelings of like being burnt being lied to you know whatever have you you're still gonna have that crowd but i feel like you know this was one of those special cases where you know sean murray or maybe even the development team should have come out and actually had like a live stream probably invited like one of the bigger outlets over to have a conversation with them about everything that's happened up till now to talk about all this stuff because in the back of everybody's mind or at least when everybody thinks of no man's sky up to this point it's going to be all the controversy that happened back then all the stuff that people are upset about with sean murray and uh, hello games that's what people think of when they hear no man's sky they're not thinking about how now they just put all this extra content in there at a whole brand new campaign they finally got co-op working in the game they're not even going to be thinking about that i mean it it is a shame i'm I'm with gary it's a very big shame because the game was so ambitious and it could have done a lot of cool stuff that people would have really gotten behind especially the twitch streaming crowd which even now like i hardly ever see people on twitch or youtube really playing this game like that so again it's a real shame but they put themselves in that position, in my opinion. Yeah, very good points. So, uh, Mr. Max Muller, um, it was brought to my attention that you said this will be the first PS4 game you'll be picking up for your new console down the road. So, 
What are your thoughts on this news? <laughs> I'll have you know I already have a PS4 game, actually, because Miguel sent me Killzone. So, oh. ha, nice try. Um, <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm pretty much, JJ pretty much took the words out of my mouth. Like A lot of this is too little, too late. People aren't going to be thinking about No Man's Sky being good. They're going to be thinking about all the bullshit and all the controversy that happened. And it's good that they're trying to kind of remedy everything. And they even said in the update, like, oh, this is the start of a whole bunch more. You know, this is the start of a long process to bring the game to where they want it to be. But I don't know. That's It's just an early access game at that point. And it's an early access game that's past the point of anyone caring anymore. You know, it's a year too late. Like JJ said, there's going to be that hardcore fan base that still plays it. Like, I think Steam has numbers of like 2,000 a day or something like that that still play it. So those people are going to get on and jump on and try out all the new stuff. And I'm sure that there's going to be a decent amount of people that jump on and try it. But it's not going to be significant enough for just, it's just not going to be significant enough. Like, there's no one that really cares. There's too much coming out this next few seasons or this next few months. And. The multiplayer, from what I know, isn't that fleshed out in the first place. Like, it's going to be a very bare-bones multiplayer, so the people that are going to want to jump onto that, they're probably just going to be left disappointed in the first place. I just... I don't want to say they should drop the game, because they shouldn't. They should bring it to the point of... and to the point where it's worth what people have paid for it, but at the same time, I just feel like it's kind of... It's a lost cause, you know? Like, they're just throwing stuff at the game and no one's going to play it and it's not going to do anything in the first place. It, it's kind of a weird situation because if they drop it, everyone will hate them. But if they keep going, it's just a waste of time. You know what I mean? It's just a... It's a really shitty, shitty situation. <laughs> Overall. Yeah, uh, I agree pretty much with, with everything that, that you guys have already said. Um... It's very unfortunate for Hello Games because, you know, we did, you know, Gary and I did get a chance to meet Sean Murray uh, a while back when they were just just working on that game, Joe Danger. Uh, so, um, Sean is, is a nice guy, but uh, they, they they made a promise to the fans they could not deliver. They said all this stuff that they wanted No Man's Sky to be, and then they were unable to bring that stuff to everybody at launch. So, it's a bad situation. Um but I hope that they do recover in the future in terms of, you know, if they decide to put out another game after this. Because I, I know that I have no intent of, of picking up this game. Um, there may be some that may decide to go back to it. But again, as you have already said, as, as you all have said, there's too many games coming out. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, there's a lot of big, big titles coming out that uh, are going to really demand a lot of people's time, money and attention. So um, it's going to be very hard for them to get a lot of the people back on the game if they've already been off it. But uh, I do wish them well uh, to some extent, you know, hoping that they are successful. And if not, then then this is a, this is the time where after they've done this and they've seen that it didn't get a response, okay, now maybe we need to work on another game. Just start putting, putting funds towards that. But we'll see what happens. But I do wish them well because... I do want the studio to succeed, but obviously this is a hard lesson for them to learn, and I'm hoping that they do learn their lesson behind this and they come back strong down the road. But um, that's all I was going to say on the situation. Do you guys have any other thoughts you would like to share, or would you like to move on to the next topic? 
nothing more to add. Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. Okay, so the next topic is all about Destiny 2. Uh, and I know that, uh, well, I think the majority, most of us here have had a chance to play the game and see the game to some extent. Uh, and we did find out some information this week regarding Destiny 2. The fact that it will launch with more than 50 hours of story content. Now, if you've ever seen the co-op, you know, this is the one complaint that I had about the first Destiny was that the story, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the story. The gameplay was fantastic, phenomenal, but the story, there was no story. And I've said that multiple times. There is a story, you know, obviously, but in my opinion, not as good as it, as it could have been. So now that we've heard that it's going to have 50 hours of additional story content, we've already seen the updated cinematics, the updated, you know, we saw footage of the first mission. So basically, I believe that Gary posed the question, are we able to now say that Activision and Bungie have made maybe learned a lesson uh, based on what they're showing us now and what they delivered in the past? So, uh, Gary, how about you? Uh, speak on this topic first. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the main uh, criticism of the first Destiny when it released was that you know the story was too short and there wasn't enough story in there. You know, there wasn't enough actual storytelling. Um, it was great that you could team up with your friends and then you know run through different missions and stuff like that. Was the community aspect was there for sure, um, but and the gameplay was there too, but you know it was seriously lacking, uh, like an engaging story on a level of Halo. Um, and I think that's really what people wanted. And of course, they started adding it, you know, with the the, the different DLC content and expansions. But um, that kind of upset people too because then they had to, you know, they had to pay more money to get some decent storytelling in the game when it should have been there from the beginning. So I think, you know, they've, they've taken a lot of that feedback. And although they, they definitely are going to have expansions again, um, it is reassuring to hear that, you know, there is actually, um, a campaign mode in there that's going to be somewhat longer than 50 hours. And, you know, it seems like it's going to be packed full of, um, good storytelling and, you know, f- fulfilling story and, and everything like that. So, um, that, definitely seems reassuring it seems promising um and you know i hope it makes a lot of people happy i hope it's actually good and you know i hope that i hope that it's less apparent when they're actually just trying to milk money out of us you know because that was the big problem in the first game and it's one of the reasons i stopped playing like after uh uh forgot which dlc pack it was but um yeah after after a certain point, I just I just stopped because it just felt like they was milking, you know, milking the system a little bit. And yeah, I didn't want to play it anymore. So I hope that it's not, it doesn't seem like a vehicle for, you know, Activision to make money anymore. I hope that, you know, it's actually fulfilling and you get a lot out of it besides just the, you know, obviously you're going to interact with your friends, you're going to party up and play and everything like that. And that aspect can carry a game all on its own. But, you know, for some people, they just want to get on and they want, like, a story to carry them. You know, they want to, they like storytelling. They appreciate that that lost art of storytelling in video games. So for those people, it seems like this game is going to deliver on that. And that's a good thing. But um, what do you guys think? 
I think that it's great that the game has 50 hours of content and all that, but, I mean, these missions take a while. How much of that is actual story? I want to know because, yeah, they could say they have story content, but that doesn't mean that it's good story content per se, and it could still be drawn out because we know the way Destiny works. It's always very drawn out. There's a lot of repeating stuff. How much of that story content is going to be through places you've already been? How much of it is going to be like quality story content? You know what I mean? I am a bit worried of, about Bungie's storytelling skills, especially after the first game. Granted, the expansions in Destiny 1, they were a lot better in terms of story, but those were also very short and very focused. You know what I mean? I don't know how that's going to play out in the long run, like all drawn out. I enjoyed the story content in the beta, the very short story content. You know, it was there, it was good setup. But again, that's an intro like that. That hooked me. Good job. But can they follow through with that? Can they keep that going? You know what I mean? That's what worries me. And yeah, that's what they're going to be talking about all the time because that's what people want to know. Is the story good? But I don't know. I'm still very hesitant. Like, I'm going to enjoy the game. I'm still going to get it at release. But I just am not expecting much from this story, you know? I will say that the intro, it hooked me. It it hit me in the feels a little bit, which I did not expect. But I think part of that was also because it was, you know, everything you knew from the first game was gone. It was being destroyed right in front of you. You know, that had that emotional impact. But I don't know if they'll be able to carry that through later on. I just don't know. I'm very, I'm still very hesitant on it all. Good points made. Uh, you have any thoughts to share, Mr. Lugo? Yeah, as someone, I think out of all of us, I probably have had the most time exposed to Destiny 2, like as far as like checking out like specific gameplay and stuff like that, outside of the beta that everybody got to check out on the platforms. Uh, I have to say, like, this is a good thing, but I also share a little bit of Max's concerns because if you, if you know a lot about the original Destiny, that a lot of it was the end game content outside of just the main campaign, outside of the main story, which is really the kind of the grind and the elongated sessions that you have when it comes to actually going for those exotics, going for those pieces of armor and weapons as well, and and doing those tasks that did take a while because of the challenge or because they were very time-consuming, and reaching those different types of like accomplishments, those accolades that you get attached to your profile. Uh, if there's like 55 or, or about 50 hours, what they're saying, uh, of you know main big story content, I think that's great. But also keep it in mind because there might be more of that elongated like gameplay sessions where you might have to do a bunch of stuff to get to that next story session. Now, from my understanding, for what I've seen, both when I was with Bungie and Activision, and I checked out you know the game itself, you know the first day that they actually revealed it, and even during the beta, I didn't really get a sense of that per se, especially in the story missions that we all played. Uh, I would be very curious to know. If when you start getting into the more the mid and towards the end sections of the main campaign, if that becomes more of a factor, you know, as far as like having quests that require you to go to different sections rather than just going to different planets and completing the missions there. Because remember, that was what was in the first Destiny game with the main campaign. You just go to each one of the missions on all the planets and you complete the missions that are there to advance to whatever the next big story mission is. This might not be the case here again, but I haven't really seen anything like that to kind of give me that worry and stuff. But I think it's good to have in the back of our minds. One thing I will say, though, is that maybe... The reason why we're getting all this extra kind of like, you know, hours of gameplay towards this type of content is because of all the extra stuff like the lost sectors, like the world quest, 
I'm pretty sure we're going to be getting, obviously, the big uh, events, you know, the, the public events that we got in the first Destiny, but they might be changed up a little bit from what I've seen in some of the trailers that and the gameplay that's been shown around the previews. That might be the main reason why we got, like, that 50-plus hours worth of, like, actual gameplay, at least for the first main run of the campaign. And then you're not even counting all the endgame stuff. You're not even counting the Crucible. You're not even counting all the raid stuff that you do afterwards with other players. You're not even counting the clan stuff that you guys could do now in Destiny 2. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening with this game. And I think, you know, if it is true that we have all that main stuff around 50-plus hours and that's just the base part of the game, you know, before you get into all these other crazy things, that's a good sign. But we'll know very, very soon. We're going to find out once the game comes out because it's coming out in a couple weeks. So this could be a good telling sign. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe. Yeah. It's, it really is only, a, only a couple of weeks now, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, Dana, you have any thoughts that you would like to share? Uh, yeah, basically I think that this is, um, a good step right now. We have to wait and see in order to fully, you know, get a grasp of everything. But I think right now that it, it seems like it's a very great, addition so i like the 50 what is it like 50 more than 50 hours of the content so i like that more games to play absolutely uh it, one point that i will add very quickly is um yeah so i agree with pretty much a lot of what you've all said we have to see what the initial what this additional 50 hours is um I do. I, I did notice that when they did have the expansions, you know, some of that content, story content, was better than Taken King. So I believe this, the story will definitely be better. Um, but obviously, it, it depends in what all they have planned, and then what the long-term plans are after the game is out. Because we already know they are. They will have the expansion pass with more content. But um, I'm hoping when they said that when they it said the 50 hours. They are also that th that is taking into account launch and not with the other content included. But see, there's no, I, I don't really know any, any other details beyond that. We just have to wait and see in the next couple of weeks what the plans are for all of that. But um, yeah, I, I agree. It is good because again, you know, when Destiny first came out, I didn't play um, I didn't play it for long because there wasn't anything there but then when Taken King came out I went back to it and I said you know this was way better than the content they had in the first place so yeah I mean I think they will definitely do a better job this time around but uh we'll just have to see what how it all comes together but um any other thoughts on this topic or Destiny 2 before we move move on I just I guess you could equate it to maybe like an MMO story, um, which is why I could be worried because, let's be honest, Destiny is kind of an MMO, you know? It's an MMO, it's like a mini MMO in a way, and they need the story to be drawn out, they need it to be, to last a long time. They need you to get like, what, 100 hours in? They need it to sustain the grind, so I'm just worried that, yeah, they have 50 hours, but a lot of the important parts are going to be very spread out. You know what I mean? I guess that's the best way to sum up my thoughts on it. And I guess if those major parts are really good, then it's worth it. Because, you know, like, for example, Guild Wars 2, you had your story missions that were spread out like every five to ten levels, and you'd have to wait a bit to get to them. But they were usually pretty decent. And that could work in Destiny, I guess, but we'll have to see. I don't know. 
absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. That's a very good point. Go, go, go ahead, Gary. Oh, I was gonna ask. Um, do you do you think it's even possible for them to achieve Halo levels of storytelling within Destiny? Yes, I just don't know if it will happen. It, the potential is definitely there. Because remember, they have all that lore, and Halo has a shit ton of lore as well. Like some people don't realize that Halo has so much lore, and Destiny One had a lot of that as well. It's just it was all in those Grimoire cards and all on the website. And Mark was just saying in the chat they got rid of all of it, which I kind of forgot about. Yeah, they're not including a lot of it, which kind of sucks. But the fact that they did that for the first game means they they know that they can do it. You know, they've done it before; they can do it again. They just need to incorporate it into the actual game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I, I want to ask the question uh, if. If this is true, who was Master Chief? Is, are you Master Chief? Or, or this is what you're saying? You asked about a uh, Halo, so you need a Master Chief character, Gary. So who was Master Chief? The player is playing as as Master Chief, or how does that work? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know because can you can you have that many Master Chiefs? Because that would mean like everyone is Master Chief playing with each other. So uh, I don't know that that might not be possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I am that, Master Chief. That, 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 that was just a question. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not I, I think um, I think Zer is Master Chief. That uh, would let's be hope, the best thing in the world. Let, 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 let's hope that he actually survived the events of what we saw at the beginning of the game. Because it looked like everybody got got destroyed in that uh, in that in that first uh, chapter. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um. So yeah, uh, any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to uh, the next? I'll just say this: I, I kind of, you know, I want to say that I think that we it could get to that same type of level in the way that they handle the lore and the story and stuff. I think it's just going to take time. I think this is an entirely different beast in the way that it should be approached and looked at compared to Halo. Because keep in mind, a lot of the emphasis of Halo was at a different time in gaming. Remember, there was online gaming was still kind of like, you know, coming into its own where there were people were getting very competitive with it. We didn't really discover that type of MMO aspect that you're getting with Destiny, or at least that addictive nature to it, and that need to come back and that replayability and stuff. That I feel is more the heavier emphasis with Destiny, or at least Destiny, Destiny 2. And even though there is a big story component to it, there is a big lore to it that people could get invested in i don't think they really delivered on it as well as they should have or at least they could have again they were really figuring things out and i think a lot of other factors that they were dealing with at the time you know between the court case with activision and bungie as well as other stuff that really probably threw things for a loop because remember when we found out about destiny we found out about a lot of the stuff of what it was going to become or what it was looking to become that all got revealed prematurely and i feel like a lot of stuff kind of got messed up at the time but with this one now going into Destiny 2, I think like they've overall, I feel like Bungie as a team that's been working on this has learned a lot of lessons within the last like a uh, couple of years that they've had Destiny out on the market or out in the wild. And I feel like a lot of people, at least from what they've shown me and that what they've shown everybody at this point, I think a lot of people are going to be pleased with Destiny 2. You know, despite some criticisms here and there, I feel like at least it's going to take that franchise to a whole new level, especially with the whole kind of like, you know, uh, what is it, Blizznet? or the whole competitive aspect on the PC, I think it's going to open up a whole new can of worms and open up a whole new territory for this series to kind of grow. I'd agree with that. I think that people are going to be much more surprised or much more happy with the game than the first one, without question. 
Very good points. And I, I agree as well because, hey, I'm looking forward to playing the game. Even though I was talking bad, badly of the story in the first game. You know I'm going to still play this game too. So, yeah. Looking forward to it. So we'll see how it all turns out. But, uh, Dana, you have anything else you want to add? Are you good? <laughs> I am good. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. So, uh, let's talk about uh, our next topic, which is it's a game that Gary and I had a chance to play at E3 uh, a couple of months ago. Um, it's a game about breaking laws, and apparently it has broken the law of thinking that it was going to be a major overnight success because look, judging by the Steam sales on PC, uh, it is not good. Gary, please uh, shine some light on this particular issue and why it is a problem for lawbreakers. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'm hearing that there was actually more people playing Battleborn when that first released than, than this game, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, Lawbreakers, you know, on Steam, the numbers weren't that great. It was in, you know, the, it, it, like, the numbers were in a couple thousand, like, so, you know, couple thousand people maybe like two to four thousand people were active playing the game or something like that um which is like really low for for steam um and yeah i mean i think a lot of the problem is that this game is just it's it's very generic like there's there's no there's nothing stand out about this this game like um i think cliffy b is like the main um unique selling point of lawbreakers to be honest with you like people want to support the game because it's cliffy b um and you know the game itself is just shallow you know uh, like in all honesty and um i'm happy that we're getting more opinions on the game now that you know people are getting the chance to play it because i thought maybe i was just being a hater to be honest with you when i played it at e3 because i didn't like it at all but i thought maybe i was being a hater because you know i love overwatch and everything but no, apparently other people agree and, um, you know, the game isn't all that. Um, but I'm not sure what the console numbers are or anything. I guess we got to wait till, you know, the month ends till next month and everything before we see those numbers. But yeah, it's not looking good for, for lawbreakers at the moment. Uh, let, let me just make a quick comment, uh, about lawbreakers real fast and then I can get Max and Dana's opinion. Um, I agree with everything that you said, Gary. You know, we, like I said, we, we played it at E3. Um, I played it on PS4. You played it on PC. Um, and the game is okay, but I, I feel like a lot of the, some of the stuff in the game is a little out of date. You know, we had a games like Titanfall where you're doing the, the wall run jumping. So it kind of reminded, there's some elements of the, of the game that reminded me of that. Um, but I, I mean, the game is, is all right for what it is. Now, I will say that the PS4 version did have an issue with stuttering on the first day. Um, I saw this because I actually downloaded the game and then I had issues. But then they released a patch that addressed the issues or, you know, was supposed to fix things. Now, I haven't gone back to play it again because I've been busy playing other things. But um, I'm glad that they are very responsive to fix the issues with the PS4 version. And I'm assuming, you know, the PC version was fine. That was perfectly fine from what I've got gathered. But um, it is unfortunate that it is not selling well, uh, you know, at least enough. To, well, there's not really a lot of people playing it at the moment based on the, the user count. 
But um, hopefully that does change over time. But normally when the game launches and it, or the numbers are already low, you know, it normally gets lower as you, as time goes on. Depending on what game it is, though, because some games there's an exception to that rule. But um, I did want to say that um, it is unfortunate to hear. Um, but I will say, in terms of the sales, when you said that there will be some sales, hopefully in the future for this month, I don't think that this game is even going to chart on NPB for this month because there's way too many other games that um, I'm expecting to to be higher on that list. But I mean, I could be wrong. But in my honest opinion, I don't think I think this is definitely going to get overlooked. You know, you have Mario Rabbits coming out later this month. You have Uncharted coming out later this month. You have Madden. There's a lot of games coming out that I expect to be on that list. So this game, possibly not. But we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, Max, do you have any thoughts on Lawbreakers? And uh, I believe you tried the beta, so you can let us know. You know, what what are your thoughts? Actually, I did not end up getting to try the beta. I was supposed oh. to, but just time did not work out. But um, I don't know. It's interesting because I think that the game looks pretty generic, like you guys were saying. And I know you guys said it's pretty generic because you guys played it. But, like, the reviews for the game aren't that bad. Like, it, it got an 84 from PC Gamer. Uh, it has an 80 on Metacritic. I think that the highest score is an 85 from Destructoid. Um of course, there are still outlets that haven't really posted a review yet, which is kind of interesting, but it's weird because I was reading some of them and some of the reviews are like, oh, this game is so innovative. It, it's a big middle finger to standard FPS mechanics, like word for word. And I'm just kind of sitting there. I'm like, Did you, do you all play the same game I've been seeing and I've been hearing about? Like what? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I am surprised that the sales are this low, especially because re- despite that, the game did seem pretty hyped. Maybe that's just for PS4. Maybe the PS4 sales are going to be huge for it. I don't really know. Um, the game, it came out at a fine time. There's not a bunch, There's not a lot of competition around it right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's a really weird situation. But I think Gary was very right in saying that the big thing behind Lawbreakers is that it's Cliffy Beat. Like, if this game was just coming out from some unknown studio, I don't think anyone would really be talking about it, you know? Cliffy B has been hyping this shit up like no other, because that's what he does. And I don't know, to me, I don't really see what everyone is seeing in this game at all. Or with Cliffy B in general. Like, yeah, Gears is awesome. I love Gears, but, like, every I don't know. He goes on social media, and he just kind of says all this random shit and talks about how his game is the best game in the world. And I'm just kind of sitting there, I'm like, are you, you just live in your own little world, don't you, bud? That's just what it seems like to me. So I just don't really get it. But I don't know. Maybe it'll sell well on PlayStation. And I think it's kind of funny because they didn't bring it to Xbox because he was worried about sales. And then it just doesn't sell well on PC anyways. It's kind of funny. But um, no, I don't want the game to be shit. I don't want it to fail. I want Boss Key to succeed, of course. You don't want people losing their jobs or anything over this. But I don't know. I just think law- I'm kind of sick of hearing about Lawbreakers, to be honest. I just think it's very meh. Uh, I agree. Let me just make a real quick comment because I saw that Barry Mihalo in the chat made a lot of very good points, pointing out the fact that when you made the, co- the comparison with Battleborn, you know, Battleborn was a $60 game. This game is $30. So my thought is that it, it should it should be a higher seller for that reason because it is a cheaper Um but I guess uh, none of that matters at the end of the day. 
Um, I do forget it's thirty. That is a good point. That you yeah, yeah. thirty dollars. But th- and that makes us worse, to be honest. <laughs> but but I but you know yeah it, it definitely is worse. But I, I will say that um it could also be the timing. Um you know it, there's a lot of games coming out this month and a lot of people probably say well you know I'll wait on Lawbreakers. I want to buy. Mario Rabbits at the end of the month, or I want to buy any of these other games. So it, it, that that could be another another factor as well. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Dana, do you do you have any, any thoughts on Lawbreakers? <laughs> it's a very unfortunate situation, but there's a lot of different factors that come in. The game wasn't exactly that spectacular to begin with. You know, it was kind of viewed as like a PC game, it was already stated, and, you know, it's for console, console as well, but if I see that, I'm not going to exactly, you know, remember something if it stands out as being a PC game, because I don't have PC. Also, there's a lot of other games that are coming out that are way more exciting and way more fun that people are planning on, and then right now, you know, you got that holiday season coming up, and honestly, people are a little bit busy with trying to save their money to get the games that they truly want during the holiday season. So it's just a bunch of different factors, and it's very unfortunate. But sometimes this happens, and sometimes there's really just no reason at all. Sometimes people just aren't interested in it. So it's unfortunate, but that's life. That's true. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, that's it. (laughs) Any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to our main topic discussion for today. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dana summed it up. That's life, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's life. That's life. Uh, yeah, Lawbreakers will be okay, I'm sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens. PS4, it could, it could be selling extremely well on PS4. You know, I guess we'll find out in the future. But, um... Speaking of PlayStation 4, uh, the main discussion for today on today's show is about PlayStation 4's holiday lineup. Because based on what I have seen in the news we received this week, the lineup is looking fantastic. Now, just to give a context of a few titles that are coming out, um, we have, uh, of course, we got the news that Horizon Zero Dawn, The Frozen Wilds, which is the DLC content for Horizon Zero Dawn, it's coming out on November 7th. Uh, smack dab in between Call of Duty and uh, Battlefront. But again, this is something that'll be exclusively on PlayStation 4. I think that's a great thing. We have Gran Turismo, which is coming out in October. And we also had the news that Gran Turismo will not have any microtransactions, which I think is a very big deal, uh, considering the competition that people always put them in with Forza. So that's great. And of course, we also got the news that um, the one game that is also coming out very soon that uh, I believe that uh, Gary and Dana, they have told me off air that they cannot wait for this game. And we're talking about Mac 2, ladies and gentlemen. That game is coming out in September. So I think personally, um, PlayStation has a great lineup. And we're not even talking about the fact that Uncharted is also coming out in a few weeks. Um, but I guess we want to just have a general discussion on whether or not we think that the uh, PlayStation 4 holiday lineup is going to put them in a very good uh, position. Talking about the exclusives, we already know the third-party titles are going to be successful on PlayStation 4 uh, and maybe t- to some degree on Xbox, depending on which game it is. But 
just want to get you guys overall thoughts as to whether uh, how you think Sony is going to do this holiday season based on what we know so far. So, uh, Gary, you can go first. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an okay lineup. I mean, like the thing is with Sony, they've already done a great job. So, you know, if they don't have a great fall, or if like hypothetically all these games turn out to be bad. It's okay because like they've already had a great year, but just the fact that you know they made that announcement about Horizon and it's coming this year. And keep in mind, Horizon came out earlier this year, and you know now this new piece of content is coming out the same year in the fall. Like that's kind of a big deal. So we have to salute Guerrilla Games on that because that's a fast turnaround, and it looks like it's going to be good as well. You know the the upcoming content. Um. Now, NAC 2, I, you know, I don't want to talk trash about it too much because you never know, like, it might come out and it might actually be really good. Like, it might, who knows, you know, it might end up being something we really like and enjoy. Um, but, you know, so I, I don't want to trash it, but, the, you know, there's a possibility that could be good. Gran Turismo, I'm, uh, I'm not sure about Gran Turismo. Like, I, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Um, I did hear, you know, there's that news that came out this week that the game won't have microtransactions. And of course, the last, uh, the last game, Gran Turismo 6 had a lot of microtransactions. And I guess it's kind of like their statement to say, yeah, you know, we're not doing that this time. Um, there's a lot of other games that are doing microtransactions right now, but we're not doing that, which is cool. That's good. But. I, I still don't have a lot of faith in it because it seems like Sony themselves don't have faith in that game because they don't promote it a lot. They don't go out of their way to promote it. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that game is going to turn out to, to be a big game changer this fall, but it's cool that it's coming for, you know, the people who are hardcore into driving and stuff. Like they might enjoy it a little bit. Um, who knows? So yeah, I mean, Sony's in a good position, but Rich, can you remind me, um, when exactly is Crackdown and Xbox One X releasing? This is a very good question, Gary, and I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you asked this question because this was going to be the other part of this discussion. So Crackdown 3 and the Xbox One X, as well as, uh, I believe it's Super Lucky's, Lucky's Tale, another game Max that he's picking up day one. Um, all of this is coming out on November 7th, which is the same day as this Horizon DLC. So, uh, here's the question. Um, I, uh, first and foremost, I think this is a smart decision by, by Sony. I don't know if they would ever admit that, uh, they purposely plan to launch the game at this particular time, but this is a smart decision for them to do it because they want to keep the attention on them on the games that they offer. So to release this the same exact day as your competition releases their system in their games, they that they got some balls to make that move. And I think that was a smart decision. Now, whether or not it was intentional, I guess that's besides the point. I personally think it, it was intentional. But um, will that impact the Xbox One X and the other sales of Crackdown? I, you know, I have no idea. I know that if I'm looking at if I have a PlayStation 4 and I was thinking about getting an Xbox One X, all I have to do is look at the price. I look at this Horizon DLC, which is only $20, 
And if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, and I believe it's a discount, so it's only fifteen. I'm looking at the difference between spending $19.99 and $4.99. I think it's pretty obvious what decision that I would make, unless, unless, unless of course I did if I didn't like Horizon Zero Dawn. But yeah, I think that the timing of this game coming out that's more than a coincidence. And I have to give them props to say, yes, that was a smart decision to, <laughs> to, to, to do that. But uh, go ahead, Gary. I believe you were going to say something else. Yeah, I think that that's a, a real chess move right there. Because, you know, basically, like, we're, we're hearing through the grapevine, you know, and, you know, it's not hard to see as well that Crackdown, you know, it, it might not be that great. It might not be as great as, you know, we, we thought it was going to be. So, you know, Sony are probably looking at it like, Okay, people are probably going to be disappointed with Crackdown. So why don't we give them another option so that, you know, when they eject Crackdown from the Xbox One X, they can switch over to PlayStation and they have a new game to play, you know, on our platform. So that that was, it's, I think it's, it's great decision making for Sony because now you're giving people a reason to stay on your console on the day that a new console releases. So and and Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, people have been some people have that as their game of the year. You know, shouts to my friend Ramiz. He, you know, he swears by that game. So some people, you know, that that's a big deal to a lot of people because a lot of people loved that game. So yeah, man, um, that's that's a good move by Sony. I think to it was definitely strategic. I think like I, I don't think there's any coincidence there. I think that was definitely planned. What would you guys think? Yeah, Max. Uh, what are your thoughts? So, are, are, so are you picking up Super Lucky's Tale in the Xbox One X on uh, November seventh, or uh, is it going to be the Horizon DLC? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I can't guarantee that I'll have my PS4 by then because my damn Alienware monitor hasn't come. But um, <laughs> I would. It's weird because I don't think that the people that would be getting the Horizon DLC would be getting the uh, the Xbox One X. You know what I mean? I feel like those are two very different markets in the first place. Even though it is kind of hilarious and totally planned that Sony is releasing it on the same day as the Xbox One X. I think that's just simply hilarious. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really affects much. Like, I think those are just two different markets. You know what I mean? But I don't know. The you guys know my thoughts on the Xbox One X in the first place. I just don't think that it's really going to make much of an impact at all. And like you guys were saying, Crackdown 3, I heard it's fun, but Sunset Overdrive was fun, and that didn't get anywhere. Um, and I just don't think it's going to be that great of a game overall. And Lucky's Tale, dude, Lucky's Tale, what is Lucky's Tale? Like, I know what it is, but like, come on. Lucky, no one's buying an Xbox One X for Lucky's Tale. Um, oh, yeah. The line, it always comes back down to the lineup. Max, Max, I'm, I'm, Max, I'm, I'm offended by what you said of Lucky's Tale. I heard this is going to be on the same level of, of Mario uh, Odyssey. So yeah, platformers. <laughs> <laughs> if that was it, if that if that came out, if that was the same, I would be happy with it. I would get it then. I miss Mario Galaxy, man. But I don't know. I just yeah, Mark just said Max is like meh. I am very meh about the xbox one x i still just wish the damn thing didn't exist but here it is he did bring up though that the fcc may not have approved it yet which i didn't know about and that could mean the launch could get delayed until like next year which i think would be kind of awful 
and hilarious at the same time because Sony's 2018 lineup is killer so far. And that would just be even worse for the Xbox One X because I'm telling you, it, it's not going to do well. It'll, it may do okay. I don't think it'll be destructive or awful, but I just don't see this console making any moves at all. I think it's just going to be like, oh yeah, it's there, it exists, it came out. It wasn't groundbreaking at all. I don't know. I just don't know what Microsoft is doing. Like, I know they're talking about, they're like, oh, achievements are getting a huge revamp, this and that. It's like, great. I like achievements, but I want games to play. <laughs> then you can revamp my achievements, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, You know, I, I think the main thing, as we've said uh, in the past, so I'm not going to really dive into it too much with Microsoft because I don't want people to think I'm beating up Microsoft. But I think the main thing, though, is we, we need some games. And when I'm talking about games, I hate to sound like a broken record. Uh, we, we definitely need to see some games. Now, it, we're going to get another Halo and Gears. Yes, that's excellent. And, and, for the, and for the for the fact that those are some of the most popular franchises on the system, it makes sense to get those without question, but we have to see more. You know, after we know that games like Scalebound got canceled, the Fable game got canceled, we need to see other new experiences that are coming to the system. So if the system was to get delayed due to this uh, FCC stuff, I, you know, I think that would be fine for Microsoft because, you know, they don't really have too much this, this fall season to get excited about. Unless you were talking about a title that you can buy on either PC or PlayStation 4, you know, I, but I mean, there are some people looking forward to Crackdown 3. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I may have a different stance on Crackdown because I, I will get a chance to actually play it, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, at PAX. Um, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure yet about that game. And Super Lucky's Tale, as you said, um, I, I'm not sold on that game either, so I don't really know if I see anything in their lineup this holiday season that appeals to me. I could be wrong if either one of those games ends up turning out to be a success. That's that'd be totally fine. I just my personal uh, opinion is I, I'm not really interested in what they have so far in terms of this holiday season. There's only one game that is coming out this year. I am looking forward to on Xbox, and that's Cuphead. Hands down, that game is going to be awesome. It looks fantastic. So that's something to look forward to. But uh, the other stuff, I'm not sold on it yet, but we'll see what they do in the next couple of months. They can convince me if, if I see more. Uh, and like I said, when I get hands on time with Crackdown, I'll be able to tell whether or not it's a good game or a game that I would check out. But so far, I'm not really impressed with what I've seen. But um, to get back on topic with the PlayStation lineup, yeah, um, <clears throat> Sony has had a good year with the games. I mean, I, I haven't now. I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn yet. Still, it's because I have been busy playing other games. But I did play Near Automata. That game is fantastic. Played uh, Gravity Rush Two, another great game. So, I think that they've already had a, a great year. And then, not even talking about Yakuza or any of the other titles that have come out the first half of the year. So, in terms of the holiday season, I think this is this is this is good. I think the Horizon thing is a big deal, obviously. Um, Gran Turismo, as Gary said earlier, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not really too sold on Gran Turismo either yet, uh, because I know that that wasn't in the actual conference. You know, they had it after the conference and other footage from behind the scenes. I'm not really sold on it yet. I have to see more of it, obviously. Um, 
but without without a doubt, yeah, they, they've already had a great year in terms of what they have released so far, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of those other games will still turn out to be good also. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Dana, do you have any thoughts on what we have been discussing? Uh, basically, yeah, everything is wait and see, but I think PlayStation will be perfectly fine. I don't, I'm not really looking forward to Crackdown, not knocking Crackdown. Just, <laughs> like, yay, but it's not really on my list of, like, go-to right now. But overall, I think that their lineup is going to be pretty strong, and it's going to be perfectly fine, but I'm still looking forward to that Mario Odyssey. So at the end of the day, yay, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, well, well, well. Let, let's well, let, let's address that too. Actually, since you mentioned Nintendo, um, Nintendo, the Mario game for Nintendo, that is going to possibly be, I think, one of the biggest games this holiday season. Um, but you know, yeah, that's a game a lot of people are looking forward to. I haven't spoken to one person that said, "Oh, I, oh, I'm not interested in that game. I don't want that game." So that's going to be very good for the Switch. Um, they have a couple of other titles here and there that are also coming out. So Nintendo's going to have a good holiday also. Um, and again, Microsoft, I mean, they, they, I'm pretty sure there are people out there looking forward to Crackdown and looking forward to all these other games. So I'm not saying Microsoft is going to have a bad holiday season. And of course, they have a new system coming out. So yeah, they'll still be in a good position because there are people that will buy that hardware and will buy those games. And I may still get an Xbox One X. I just don't know if I'm going to get that launch because I don't really see a reason to have it at launch. But maybe next year that could change based on what actually comes out next year. But we'll see. But um, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss on this particular topic, Gary? Um, regarding Sony, Holiday Fall, or, or anything of the nature? Um... I don't really have too much to say, but yeah, no, I've, I think I've said everything I need to say. All right, well, that's I guess that sums it up. Unless uh, if Dana and Max, you have anything else you would like to add, or are you good? Uh, I just, I guess I just have a question. Do you guys do you guys think if Scalebound was say it was really good, it came out and it came out with the Xbox One X? Do you do you guys think that would have changed much? still i still don't think that would have changed a whole lot because hmm. i feel like like for example myself i still would have just gotten it on my xbox one and i think that since it, we know it would have been coming to pc as well i don't think that would have done a whole lot i don't know what do you guys think uh this is a good question um i'll answer first uh yeah um here's the thing uh i I, I I tend to side with you. I will possibly just get the game on the Xbox One because to me, Microsoft hasn't really shown me a reason why the X is necessary. Now, you remember in the past that they when they first started talking about Crackdown, they talked about oh, it's going to be dynamic, uh, you know, destruction, all this type of stuff that you would think. And this is why a lot of us thought before E3, well, this is definitely going to be a flagship title for the Xbox One X because of the all the stuff that they talked about it was going to be. Then when we get, and we saw it at the Microsoft press conference, it's like um, the presentation is very small compared to like a major triple, like a tri- like, like, like a major third party title. Like they opened with uh, Metro, Metro and then we also got a couple of other games later on and then Anthem. But these are third party titles. 
I would think if Microsoft wanted to make a statement that this is an exclusive you need to watch out for, it should have been as long as, and the presentation should have been of the same quality as those presentations. But it just wasn't, in my opinion. It just was like you saw a trailer and that was it. Um, so I think if they did a good job of convincing somebody why they need the Xbox One X, like it performs this, this is how it looks on Xbox One X, you know, this is all the extra stuff that you're getting with the system, then, yeah, I would have considered picking up Scalebound at launch on the Xbox One X. But because none of that stuff is clear, because they want to have the message that we're making these games and it works on every platform, but not really specifying what is different between the platforms. And like, you know, just, I mean, I know anybody can go online and find that information if they do their research, but I was hoping Microsoft was going to explain a lot of these things and also show visual proof of why the game is better on Xbox One X. But we, I haven't seen any of that. You know, obviously with the third-party titles, you see some stuff, but I haven't seen it with any of the first-party titles yet. So I think all about the explanation. If they give a good explanation, I think anybody would say, yeah, crack down. I'm going to say, no, scale bound, pick it up on day one on Xbox One X. Absolutely. Uh, but I do agree with you. It, it wouldn't have made a difference because there's the mentality that the game, that the system, well, the system doesn't sell in Japan. And for that reason, a lot of developers may shun away from wanting to put their games on the, on Microsoft or make it exclusive to Microsoft because they don't think it'll sell. But again, this is just all opinions, not anything, any hard facts. I'm just saying that if you ask me, would I have picked up Scalebound day one on Xbox One X? Based on how Microsoft has treated the system so far, I would say no, I will still get the game, but I will just get it on Xbox One. But that's just my thoughts. Uh, Gary, how about you? Would you, would that, would scale bound be enough? Would that be enough for you to get an Xbox One X if it was a launch title on that system? Uh, I agree with both of you guys. I don't, I don't think it would have made like a huge difference, like a significant difference. But I do think there would be more hardcore gamers who would have um, picked up the X just because Scalebound is coming alongside like Crackdown and you know um, whatever that the Lucky game, the Lucky Tales game, and you know all the other stuff. Like Scalebound is a game that people were waiting for for a long time, and you know a lot of people were very enthusiastic about it. So I, I, it would have made a difference to you know, a few select hardcore gamers, I think, but not, you know, not everyone else, not the casuals and not the people who are happy with their Xbox One S and, you know, regular OG Xbox, you know, not everyone would have made that jump for that game. Absolutely. I agree with that. How about you, Dana? Would you have made the jump? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. Simple, straight to the point. Simple, straight to the point. No. Right. It's a hell no. It's a hell no. She said oh, hell no. no. I mean, <laughs> no. You have to do something more to impress me instead of just one game. I need a reason to justify me opening my wallet. So no. <laughs> hey, fair, fair, fair enough. You know, so we'll see what Microsoft does in 2018. You know, they, they have a couple of titles that people are looking forward to. You got the uh, State of Decay, too. You have, uh, I mean, 
And you have Sea of Thieves, which is, you know, I heard is one of the best games on the Xbox One X. Yeah. We'll see about that. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up the main topic in today's show? I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that actually concludes our show for today. I know it may have appeared a little bit shorter, but, uh, man, there's a lot of work going on over here. We got a couple of reviews we have to finish that uh, you guys will definitely see on the site this week. So stay tuned for that. But uh, definitely wanted to take the time to thank you all for checking out today's show. Um, So do you guys have any shout outs that you would like to give? Uh, How about you go first, Dana? Any shout outs or uh, anything that you wanted to say? Um, shout out to all of the listeners, everyone who has participated in the chat, everyone who continues to support us. Shout out to Sega right now because they finally didn't screw over Sonic. So yay to them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, how about you, Max? Any final words or shout outs? Uh, yeah, Mark, Mark just said in the chat, shout outs to world peace and ain't that the truth after what's been going on lately. So definitely that. Um, And of course, just everyone in the chat, like Dana was saying, that always comes in and supports us every week and talks with us every week. You know, it's always great to see you all. It's always one of my favorite times is when we get to talk in the chat with everyone, you know, and just do the podcast and just kind of chill out and talk about games, you know, even though, yeah, this week, this week was a bit shorter because not a lot happened, you know, just not, there's not a whole lot of news to talk about right now, but That'll change. That'll change in the next coming months, next coming weeks. But as always, thanks everyone for supporting us on the site and checking out the podcast. Absolutely. And I'm going to say a couple of quick things there. You're right. There wasn't much to talk about. Um, there's a lot. Let me just say, there's a lot that I would love that, that I would love to talk about, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, I cannot talk about it because I'm under some strict embargoes. You guys will know what I'm talking about later. You'll see the reviews this week and then there'll be some questions and We'll talk about that stuff then. But, um, yeah. Uh, also wanted to also echo what Mark said in the chat and a shout out to World Peace. Anyone that was in, affected by what happened this weekend, definitely like to share, send my prayers and condolences. And for those of you out there who, um, maybe you don't quite keep in contact with family, definitely try to do better with that stuff because you don't know if something happens. It's just, it could be too late. So try to do that. And I also speak from experience because I have not been in good contact with my own family. So definitely improve and I will do the same on my end. Um, but uh, that is it. I, I definitely want to thank you all for checking out this week's show. Gary, uh, I believe that you have some shout outs. And then also we have to make an announcement after that regarding next week's show. So go ahead, Gary. Yep, so of course, shouts to all of our Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Ledwin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and of course, Miguel. Shouts to all you guys, we appreciate it. And um, I also wanted to let you guys know as well that um, I, I will be recording the, the first Ask TK um, within the next couple of days or so I have around 10 questions or so Maybe a bit more um, That you guys sent So I want to thank 
everyone who sent a question, you know, tweeted a question or, you know, wherever um, I got the question from. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you guys still have time to send questions. So, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can hit the TK Twitter, um, the coalition. Um, or, you know, when, when we post this show on the site, you can drop your comments, your questions in the comment section. And I'll, I'll just include those as well. But yeah, I'm going to be recording that and um, I will put it on the Patreon first and then, you know, I'll release it later on as well on, you know, the YouTube and on the site and everything. So look out for that. And, you know, that's something hopefully we're going to do every so often with, you know, a new staff member, you know, um, one at a time kind of thing. So just send your questions and then I'll definitely answer them. Um, the questions can be anything relating to gaming or you know, my personal experience with gaming or anything like I, I have no, you know, restrictions or anything. You guys can literally ask me anything and I don't mind, but you know, so, try to keep them gaming focused if you can. Cause you know, people listening might just want to hear about gaming. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah. I was just going to ask. So, so people can't ask you, uh, who are you dating now? When are you getting married? They can't ask those questions. Then that's what you're saying. It's all about gaming I mean, yeah. stuff. They, they, they can if they can if they want because to be to be honest with you shouts to mr kennedy he used to work with us and everything he asked me some really random questions so and i'm still gonna answer them just because you know it'll be entertaining but yeah you you guys can ask wherever you want like you know i'm not fussed i don't like to censor so <laughs> i don't wanna, I, I don't i don't want to hold back anything so yeah, I, 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 I also will say the same if I am ever on TK, uh, if I, if I am ever on the show, which I assume I will be in the future. Yeah, you can ask me anything, but, uh, let's, let's try to not, uh, hey, let's try to keep the questions reasonable. You know, don't be asking all types of random <laughs> stuff. No, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. These questions can't can take a no shit. In PG. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't have to be PG because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of PG. I like it raw and gritty. Whoa, whoa. Okay, so they're gonna, you're going to get some raw and gritty questions now for sure. Um, <laughs> so so uh, one one thing that I we did want to announce real quick. Uh, there, I'm, I think we're about 100% sure that we'll, there will not be a show next week. I know that I have to go out of town. Um so it's going to be hard for me to actually to, to record around the same time next week. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, we will definitely let you all know if that changes. I know that Gary and I, though, we're going to be out of town next week. You know, two different places. Okay. But um, we'll see what happens. But uh, in the event that we don't have a show next week, uh, we definitely will be back in about two weeks from now. Definitely we'll have a lot to talk about. There will be a couple of videos up also because, as I said, I'm, I'm reviewing some two games now that I can't really talk about. I may be doing some video discussions for these games, though, and record that footage and then have that go up around the same time as the reviews go up. So you can look forward to that. But uh, I did want to let you all know in advance there may not be a show next week uh, because we're going to be away um, taking care of some... Uh, personal matters but everything is all right uh did you have anything else you was going to add gary to that yeah just you know it's uh usually the, the, this doesn't happen where we're both away at the same time like me and rich so usually like you know one of us can host the show and everything like that but uh, it just so happens that you know the one week 
that we're both choosing to to be away you know this summer like it's it's at the same time so yeah um unfortunate but there'll be loads of content throughout the week you know spread throughout that time so you know it's not you're not going to be without content from the coalition there's there's still you know lots of stuff coming uh especially from you know the other guys they're still going to be doing things as well so you know just follow us follow all of us the coalition twitter follow max dana you know everyone jj and you know you're, you're still going to get content from us you just might not get you know co-op next week so you might have to wait around two weeks for the next one but we'll see see how it goes and, and, and if any major, 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 major news stuff happens, uh, we will definitely address it the following week. And hey, the show may be, even be longer because if there's so much news that happens, you know, you have to talk about everything. But, uh, I don't, you know, this is a, a pretty much a, a bit of a low news around this time of the year. I, there's definitely going to be some news when Gamescom goes down, which is, was that next weekend? Uh, and PAXes the weekend after that. So there may be some news that comes within the next two weeks. But uh, other than that, you know, we'll, we'll definitely still be around. And, of course, as you guys know, throw down and throw down your questions is tonight and throw down. They'll still be going on. So, but, yeah, we will let you know if that changes. But I'm about 100% certain that there may not be a show next week because we just won't be around to actually record. But with that said, we thank you all for the continued support. And we will talk to you all very soon.